0: Things are rough out there right now,
1: which is why I believe it's so important to take the little pleasures in life and then totally ruin them. (laughs) Because I just heard about this investigation that alleges Haribo gummy bears are made using slave labor. Yes, yes, yes. This is the worst news since I found out jolly ranchers are made from ranchers. Not so
2: jolly now, are you? (laughs)
1: Um, yes. Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Glad you're tuning in. Tomorrow we'll have our Halloween spooktacular. Can't wait. Weeks in preparation for that. Oh, absolutely. Oh, boy. We wear costumes. And can bring in the pumpkin I got at the corn maze. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I know that Tim the lawyer is going to dress as the Commerce Clause for Halloween, because that's what he finds scary.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's pretty good. I tip my cap to you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Tim Sandifer, Tim the lawyer, vice president of litigation at the Goldwater Institute. Always welcome, always uh, excited to talk to Tim. How are you, sir?
3: I'm great. You know, I actually did dress up as the Slaughterhouse Cases one year for, for Halloween.
1: Oh, I'll bet that was cheery looking. Lawyer humor.
3: It's an an 1873 Supreme Court decision that was totally wrong and terrible, and so it's the scariest thing I could imagine. So I dress (laughs) up in a slaughterhouse.
0: Hilarious! Even scarier than the Commerce (laughs) Clause. All right, speaking of uh, not getting to the topic uh, right away, what do you think? I think we just lead off with it.
1: How do you feel about George Washington's plaque being taken out of that church where he used to go to church?
3: Oh, I think it's so self-evidently silly that it, anybody who's willing to do something stupid like that doesn't have, doesn't deserve to have George Washington's name on their church anyway.
1: Yeah, fair enough. You think you think we're going further down this road though?
3: Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. I uh, honestly, my own personal individual opinion is I support the removal of Confederate um, monuments. Uh, I believe that they were traitors, and that, they're, um, that they are memorialized, you know, uh, to honor their memory, which is a memory that does not deserve to be honored. I say this as the descendant of Confederate uh, soldiers myself. And I don't think that this is a, you know, a a removal of history, which is what the argument usually here. History goes in museums. Monuments are things that celebrate a legacy. And I don't believe that we should celebrate the legacy of racial supremacy, slavery and treason.
1: But celebrating uh, slaveholders, if they were founders of this country, that's just presentism.
3: Well, Washington celebrated not because he was a slaveholder. Ah, uh, he celebrated because he uh, because of his crucial role in in freeing this country from British tyranny. And and he, if he were being celebrated as a uh, the representative of an evil cause, then I would say we should take his name down. But
1: interesting distinction. The the statute to Robert E. Lee is not because he was a great dancer. It's specifically because he led a revolt against the United States.
3: Exactly.
0: Correct. And of course, a lot of those monuments erected during the civil rights era. <clears throat> not in 1871 uh, but uh, let's let's get down to the meat of things from the Civil War to uh, the Indian Wars as it were um and and current federal policy toward uh, native peoples and specifically their children Tim and his uh, his uh, fellas and, and gals there at the Goldwater Institute are involved in a heck of an interesting case Tim tell us about it
3: yeah, this is, actually it is connected in a way because this is about whether this country is really committed to the idea of racial equality and the idea that all people deserve the equal protection of the laws. There's a, a law called the Indian Child Welfare Act that's about uh, 40 years old. And what this law does is it creates literal separate and substandard treatment, literal segregation when it comes to children who are eligible for membership in an Indian tribe. And since eligibility for membership depends entirely on your genetics, the result is that children who do not live on reservation – this law does not apply to reservations – children who do not live on reservations, who have even a single drop of Native American blood in their veins – are subjected to different and less protective laws when it comes to child abuse cases or foster care or adoption. And the great news this past week was that the Attorney General of Texas has filed a lawsuit to challenge the constitutionality of this segregated treatment. So tell us about
0: the, the different unequal treatment that uh, young Indian kids endure. What are you talking about?
3: So if there's a child who's eligible for tribal membership who lives off of a reservation, and that child is being abused... The law – this is a federal law that it overrides the state child protection laws, and it says that those children must be returned to the abusive parents time and time again until it's absolutely clear that you cannot possibly rescue that family. That's different than state law. Under state law, they only have to take reasonable steps – in cases of, of um, when a child's been taken away from a family, to restore that family. And that doesn't, they don't even have to do that if the parents are molesting or physically assaulting the children, because they don't want to send kids back to an abusive situation. But when it comes to Indian children, you are required to send these kids back time and time again to the families that have abused them. And then if you want to put them in foster care or adoption, Indian children must be placed with Indian families, even if they are of completely different tribes rather than with white, black, Asian, Hispanic, any other race. And, of course, that law doesn't apply to any other child in America. In fact, it is against the law oh, sure. the, to imagine, deny yeah. an adoption on the basis of race, except for Indian kids.
1: Right. Um, uh, imagine if you, if you had white kids only allowed to be adopted by white, white families. Nobody would stand for that. I assume underneath this horror is a well-intentioned law somewhere
3: yeah so what happened was back in the fifties and sixties you had situations where states were sending child welfare officials out and taking kids away from indian families for probably not good reasons. You know, they didn't have sufficient evidence to do that. And so there was sort of a reaction, an overreaction to that in the 70s that created this rule that says, well, then Indian kids, we're just going to put them in this entirely separate category that provides them with less protection. And we're going to give tribal governments the power to dictate their future. And so there's a case that we are going to be arguing in the Ohio Court of Appeals this coming week, about a five-year-old ohio boy who was born in ohio he's lived in ohio his entire life with his ohio foster family even his birth parents live in ohio and the gila river indian community in phoenix arizona has got an order from their tribal court commanding that he be sent 2,000 miles to live in Arizona with a family he's never even met, simply because they have the same blood in their veins. This kind of racist nonsense has outlived its usefulness and ought to go.
0: Tim Lawyer Sandifer, Tim Sandifer, VP of Litigation at the Goldwater Institute on the line. You know, Tim, uh, you read my mind. I was just going to say, so many of these... Progressive policies rely on the sort of what sort of blood do you have analysis that, you know, is the stuff of the Klan and Hitler. It's just amazing to me.
3: It is really amazing that there are federal laws on the books that ask uh, you know how many, how much percentage of Indian blood you have in your veins. Now every tribe gets to dictate its own tribal membership rules, and so some tribes, like the Navajo, you have to be 25% Navajo. Gila River requires that you be 25% Indian blood of any tribe in order to be a member of the Gila River Tribe. The Cherokee and the Choctaw, they have no blood quantum. You just have to be a direct descendant of the signer of a 1906 Indian census. So even a single drop of Cherokee or Choctaw blood in your veins would be enough to qualify you for different treatment under this, under the Indian Child Welfare Act. It would it, Even if a child has speaks no tribal language, has never even heard of a tribe, has no idea they're Indian, has never visited an Indian reservation. For instance, this five-year-old child in Ohio, he's never been to Arizona – Nevertheless, the tribal government here in Phoenix can force that child to move thousands of miles away from the family that loves him and that he loves, that he calls mommy and daddy. And send them to live with complete strangers simply because of the DNA in their genes.
1: That is so horrifying, I can't actually even think about it since I got a five year old. Yeah, it's just
3: heartbreaking. (laughs) Have you. It's good news, though, that attorneys general are taking this seriously. The Ohio attorney general is supporting us in that Ohio case that's going to be argued on Thursday. And the Texas attorney general's brand new lawsuit challenging this law, I think that's a great sign because attorneys general throughout the country need to pay attention to this. These are their citizens. All Indian children, all Indians, are citizens of the United States entitled to constitutional protection. And it's a great sign that attorneys general are caring about the fact that this law takes away their ability to protect these kids and even forces them to send these kids out of state. In the Texas case, the child is a two-year-old child who has, uh, the, his foster family wanted to adopt him. The tribe came in and said no. And as a result, the judge said no to the adoption, even though there's nobody else out there asking to adopt this child. And the state is now moving to send him to live in New Mexico with a different family instead. That's It's revolting.
1: We're talking with Tim, the lawyer. Boy, your wife, Christine, is sure on book TV a lot. They keep rerunning that over and over. They must really like her.
3: <laughs> well, I can't blame them.
1: Yeah. That's good. Um, have Have you my My parents live in the midst of a couple of uh, Indian reservations in Arizona. Have you come across anything positive about these Indian reservations that that they should continue in America? I don't see anything positive from the outside.
3: Well, you know. Indian reservations, Indians are are often very protective of their reservations, and for good reason, because a lot of these places are beautiful places. Navajo Reservation has some of the most beautiful locations in all of Arizona and ought to be a tourist mecca. I mean, it really, the um, the, uh, Monument Valley that's so so famous from all those Western films, that's on the Navajo Reservation. The problem with, with reservations as far as economics and the standard of living is concerned, is that Indians are not allowed to own land on reservations. Land is owned by the federal government in trust for the tribes, under the Bureau of Indian Affairs, and then under the tribal governments. So if you wanted to start, you know, if you wanted to start a, a Starbucks on the Navajo reservation, you, you know, the, the paperwork and the restrictions, and you couldn't, you couldn't uh, get the the loan to start up a business because you can't mortgage the property because the bank can't repossess, so they're not going to lend you any money. So it's The problem with these reservations is that the economic growth has been stifled by government policy.
0: Ah, to be in the warm care of the government nanny. Sounds absolutely wonderful until you spend five minutes looking into it.
3: Let alone, let alone 200 years. I mean, right. if you want a perfect example of, of what happens when the government is in charge of every aspect of your life, look at these Indian reservations where the government runs health care, the government runs the businesses, the government runs the property, government runs everything there. And it's, as a result, they're not exactly the, the highest standard of living communities in our country.
1: Not my observation from driving through them. You're really concerned about the number of home runs in the World Series this year?
3: <laughs> no however i did grow up within view of dodger stadium as a child so i do have to root for the dodger
1: gotcha.
0: hey uh, final question for me johnny reb you're talking about your background and various drops of blood in various people's veins which again is an archaic and racist notion uh have you done any of those um genetic background thingamajiggers
3: no i haven't i my i have some relatives who are really into genealogy and have given us some information that some has been confirmed by what little i've done for scholarship but no not really i mean oh you, you know, should it's really interesting and and
0: it it goes to make absolutely ridiculous the idea of well you're one quarter that or you're 1/100 uh, one that or you have three drops of blood in your veins cuz we're all mutts from all absolutely. over the globe
3: Absolutely true. I I mean, there's whenever whenever I have met another Sandifer that's spelled the same way that my last name is spelled, they've almost always been black. There's got to be a family connection there. I mean, you know, but so no, it's all nonsense. And it's time we all grew up and stopped paying attention to stupid things like skin color and genetics. And that's, why, that's the reason why this Indian Child Welfare Act is such a bad idea. Here you have children who need homes. I mean, American Indian children are at greater risk of almost every social pathology you can name than children of any other race. They're more likely to be abused, neglected, to get involved in gangs, to suffer from alcohol or drug dependence. They're, the violence accounts for 75% of the deaths of Indian children in this country. Oh. Suicide is the leading cause of death for Indian boys ages 10 to 14. Wow. These kids need protection, and there are families out there willing to help them, and the only thing standing in the way of them is racist government policy. It's time for it to end.
0: Tim Sandifer, VP of Litigation at the Goldwater Institute. Are you yourself arguing the
3: case in Ohio? No, that'll be argued by my friend and colleague here, Audie Dinar, who's really one of our office experts on this area of the law.
0: All right, well, go get him, uh, Tim. It's uh, it's great to talk to you. Thanks a Thank bunch, you. and and keep fighting the good fight. And
3: and for people who want to learn more, go to timthelawyer.com. You can find out more information.
0: All right, we'll have a link at armstrongandgettyradio.com dot com so you can find it easily. Thanks.
1: That is horrifying, just horrifying. What's your sense? Going to go, that's going the right direction, The people are waking up? Oh, yeah, up, it's or?
0: indefensible. It is absolutely indefensible. If, if there is some sort of ethnic pride slash value in holding onto your heritage, blah, 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 that can be dealt with and encouraged or, or whatever you think ought to be done in ways that don't result in, in such injury and injustice. The idea that that a loving family should be prevented from adopting a child that they want very much over some sort of a notion of racial purity is just bizarre to me. And and, and to deny a, an adoption and then just send the kid just anywhere, just anywhere as long as it's vaguely involved with Indians, is just, that's crazy.
1: Well, the problem I have a lot of it with, and just, just from news I've read about these things, so much of this whole Indian Reservation tribe thing is run by like happens a lot of time, a couple of r- p- powerful people at the top who are making a lot of money off of these things. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of people are living miserable lives beneath them. But they keep the whole casino thing going or the the amount of money coming to the reservation that goes through them, and they the take most money, of it. The federal money, Yeah, the federal money. And, and, and none of it goes to making the, the reservation better. They don't care about that. So you wonder what their motivation is with this racial purity thing. Maybe they just want to make sure there's more people on the reservations so they can continue... Uh, the money coming in
0: I don't know a lot of the well-meaning progressive policy policies of the 70s are, are long gone because everybody realized that they're idiotic Um but I don't know this one this one indoors I tell you what one principle of economics you should know everybody should know you should take a few minutes to read about is rent-seeking when the government runs everything the normal skills where you get ahead in an economy intelligence, innovation, you know, uh, producing something people want, et cetera, et cetera. It's all got to take a back seat to figuring out how to kowtow to bureaucrats. That becomes the most important skill. Ask anybody who lived in the Soviet Union. That lifestyle is all about rent-seeking. It's, its It's a fancy econ term. They probably ought to come up with another one. They ought to call it government ass-kissing because that's what it is.
1: We're accused on the text line of burying the lead story of the day to support Donald Trump. Manafort indicted. We'll hit you with a little bit of that if you don't know it. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. It was brutal. It was brutal.
0: Uh, I never met a more narcissistic man He talked about himself the whole time. So he's changed a lot. uh, You could see how the standard he was going to bear for me. But I I had to walk out like halfway through, smoke a joint just to to like steal myself for the rest of it. uh, It was brutal marijuana addict Woody Harrelson.
1: Woody Harrelson uh, talking about having dinner with Donald Trump. I don't know about Trump. Wouldn't surprise me if that's not the way a dinner goes. I have been around dudes like that and... uh like, you, you, you attempt to jump in the conversation a couple of times, you pretty quickly realize that they, they don't have any interest. So then I no. just, okay, I just check out and go ahead, talk, talk, talk away. I'm I, not listening. Go ahead. I do have a hunch that that's Woody Harrelson's solution for a lot of scenarios. Of, <laughs> I, I just had to go outside that's the and point. point, Sean. smoke a joint, and then I came back in. It was fine, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Woody Harrelson in the new LBJ movie that Rob Reiner is uh, directing that's supposed to be really good, and it's based on uh, the early uh, LBJ presidency based on the Carroll books. That I've been reading that are so freaking great. So I think this is going to be a good movie.
0: Brought to you by Karo Syrup.
1: Is that why they're called that? It's the name of the books author. books that come with the, uh, the corn syrup. But uh, I'm looking forward to the LBJ movie. Woody Harrelson playing LBJ. Wouldn't have predicted that 30 no. years ago. Woody's
0: great, though. Yeah, he is good.
1: He's he's every bit as skilled as he is wacky. I,
0: I just, love him on both levels.
1: I just forget about it. Right? It works. It really does.
0: So, um, so what about the lead story of the day? We're being accused of glossing over it? Why? Because we stopped talking about it for half an hour? I guess. I don't know. You t- People tune in at different times. Yeah, we hammered the hell out of it for quite a while earlier in the show. Paul Manafort arrested with his his buddy something or other Gates uh, for all sorts of different counts of money laundering. And, oh, man, these guys are making tens of millions of dollars from Russian oligarchs and Ukrainian mobsters and the rest of them, laundering the money through various shell corporations on sunny <laughs> islands and than living like kings and not declaring a dollar of it and not declaring that they're lobbying for these people.
1: Other than thinking he was probably a criminal the first time I ever laid eyes on on him or heard his voice, Mm -hmm. you know, who saw it coming? But but we have no idea if this means Trump colluded with the Russians in a way that we should be worried about. As far as the election, we don't have any idea.
0: If I was an anti-Trumper, like I'm accused of being, I'm uh I'm more an umpire. I'm not rooting for either team. I just call him as I see him. Like the guy last night, who'd call anything inside the stadium a strike. It's unbelievable. Was the well, biggest I, strike zone I've ever seen
1: in my life. I'm surprised nobody got tossed. They were going pretty far in terms of yelling at that dude.
0: Pretty far, yeah, pretty far, but not crazy far. I'll have to ask uh, my buddy Brian, the umpire, what he thinks about the verbal abuse that uh, Bill Miller, I think the name of the ump is, how much he was taking. But anyway.
1: Not as um, much abuse as the pitchers,
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the poor pitchers. Oh my God! Yeah. Well, it was batting practice. So, uh, what was I saying? Umpire. <laughs> that's right. I ah, yes. So, if I, if I wanted to make Trump look bad, I would say the guy is surrounded by people who do the bidding of the Russian oligarchs. Good argument. Decent argument. But uh, that doesn't mean that Trump was in on then. Uh, you know, trying to work with the Russians to manipulate the election, whatever. I think it much more likely that these people were latching on to a a political neophyte who isn't very good at vetting his uh, employees or so it would seem, uh, hoping to jump on the Trump train and profit further. But I don't know. I have a feeling Mueller will get to the bottom of it.
1: Is there going to be another shoe drop, you know, today, tomorrow, this week, or are we not going to have another shoe drop for a year? Who knows on this Mueller investigation? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It could be a long time. This could have been the real low-hanging fruit. This is
0: like when your favorite band opens up with one of your favorite tunes from them, and you're thinking, yeah! And then, you know, the next one's pretty good, and then there's like several you haven't (laughs) heard before. Because Manafort's a big
1: fish. Campaign manager of Donald Trump. For a while,
0: yeah. One of several, getting back to the Donald skill hiring people. Um, There's not as big a name out there. I mean, Flynn. Flynn, yeah, Flynn could come up. Any day, but who cares? Yeah. Other than that, I mean, who's really out there? Mm. Unless Don Jr. is, uh, is dirty somehow. Or
1: the president himself obstructing justice. The president has been clapped in irons. Wow. <laughs> that would make the news. And then he gets to do the whole can he pardon himself thing, which scholars disagree. Wow. Wow. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. I pardon you. Oh. Thank you.
0: Yeah, cool is what that would be. That would be
1: so <laughs> much fun. So uh, are these federal charges against Manafort? Or do we not know? We don't oh, know. Yeah, the federal we know? charges. Yes. Well, then so Trump can pardon him. Or he could have got the word out to Manafort that I will pardon you.
0: That would be politically triple radioactive. His approval ratings would be in the single digits, I think, if he did that. I think so, too. Because the guy's, he's a crook. Manafort is a crook. Oh, clearly. Well, yeah. Why
1: would he pardon him? I don't know. I don't think he likes he will. him. I don't think he will. Of course, why would,
0: well, why would cri- Clinton pardon Mark Rich? Because he gave him tons of money. At least that one I'd understand.
1: Chris Christie said yesterday, for those who think Trump is going to pardon Manafort, look at Scooter Libby. Look at all the people from Watergate that everybody was saying, oh, Nixon will pardon him. They never got their pardons. Right, right.
0: And Christie said, I'll bet you a ham sandwich.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. <laughs> the guy has got a metabolism problem. <laughs>
0: Just doing it for Michael because I know how much
1: he enjoys it. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Ryan?
2: Well, claims of rampant sexual misconduct in the capital of the world's sixth largest economy I have the people who work there looking to make Number changes. Thousands of that, kids might oh soon lo- lose their health insurance. And another program that shields people from deportation might be on its on way out. That's ahead. Will
1: the California state government, rife with sexual abuse, get the attention it should? We'll see. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: I was younger then. Take me back
2: to when I found my heart broken here,
0: You want to hear something really interesting? Sure. So you got Manafort's uh, lobbying group that's making zillions of dollars off Russian and, and Ukrainian oligarchs and the rest of it, um, and they had all these shadow corporations and they're laundering tons and tons of money. Well, uh, one of the companies they're working for, there it is, um, or one of the one of the two of the companies working with them and and for the Ukrainians and all were uh the Podesta group it's not clear to me which podesta um tito podesta exactly the least known and least talented podesta um but it appears that uh, Podesta and company are tied up in this too. They started lobbying for the Ukrainians in 2012 and only registered as lobbying for the Ukrainians in 2017.
1: Wouldn't that be something According one of those, to
2: some reports.
1: One of the Podestas got indicted. What? Well, would blow this story wide open.
2: Yeah. Wow.
1: Uh, let's get the news now. Ryan Harris.
2: Good morning. A group of nearly 200 women who've worked at California's state capitol have put their names on a letter that says within that building there's a culture of sexual assault and harassment Everything from demeaning tasks to behavior similar to that in claims against movie mogul Harvey Weinstein. How many women have signed their name? Uh, close to 200 that's of them. That's a lot of women. Yeah. That's, and uh,
1: That's not three or four or, or even 12. And some of 200. them
2: are... Yeah. Some of them are current lawmakers who were once themselves staffers. Others are still working at the staff level. Uh, former California Assembly member, state schools chief, and now current candidate for governor Delaine Easton tells Sacramento's K- uh, NBC affiliate KCRA she saw harassment and she'd deal with it directly. I had occasion to find members of my staff who had were harassed by people, and I would step up and go to them and say, "You back off! Don't you dare do anything to anybody on my staff." One young woman who was working there just a few years ago says a prominent member of the assembly offered her a job if she'd promised to, quote, spend time with him. She tells the New York Times she later ran into him when he was drunk at a bar downtown and that when she told him never to talk to her again, he told her, good luck finding a job in this town. Many say uh, because the Assembly and Senate procedures are limited and internal, they feel like they have no recourse. Some lawmakers now say they need to take a serious look at the way they handle complaints as the Assembly prepares <laughs> to hold hearings on ah, no. capital sexual harassment policy. Yeah, now that
0: everybody's on to you, oh, we're going to take a serious look. Uh, this article in the New York Times I was looking at over the weekend, this Nancy Finnegan worked for Steve Fox, who was a state assembly member near L.A. Um, and and she there's all sorts of stuff uh, that he was doing to her and subjecting her to. And she took her complaints to the uh, staff of the Assembly Rules Committee, which is the only thing you can do. There's no HR whatever. You go to the Assembly Rules Committee. And she says she felt like the one on trial. A meeting with a committee staff member and Mr. Fox began with Mr. Fox, her harasser, berating and threatening her over her job performance. And a month later, she was fired. So that's what happens if you complain about being harassed
2: at the great progressive paragon of Sacramento. Well, just this year, Nancy Finnegan also won a wrongful termination suit and got $100,000. So some vindication for her. More than 20,000 children could soon lose their health insurance in Arizona. Federal government failed to fund the state's kids' care program by the September 30th deadline. Without the $112 million, the program will will run out of money by the end of November. Governor Doug Ducey is working with the feds to find a solution. We're working with the congressional delegation. We're working with the administration. We'd like to see some movement. We'd like to see a budget. We'd like to know how some of these decisions are going to affect us at the state level. This comes just a couple of days before the start of sign-up season for the Affordable Care Act. The Trump administration not making that easy, cutting the enrollment period in half, slashing advertising and dialing back on navigators who help consumers, some calling that a hostile takeover. Tens of thousands of immigrants are bracing for a White House decision about the fate of a little-known program that protects them from deportation, that program called Temporary Protected Status, similar to the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program that President Donald Trump recently ended, but instead geared toward countries ravaged by natural disasters or war. It's a temporary fix for immigrants without legal status, designed to avoid the scenario of government deporting large numbers of immigrants to countries reeling from earthquakes, hurricanes and uh, being uh, overrun by war. Trump administration has signaled that it could take a harder line on the program. It's up for renewal for many people in the program in the coming months.
0: I know you don't have time to listen to the show a lot, Ryan, because you have other duties, but we always differentiate between lawful and unlawful immigrants. Always. So as not to cloud the issue. There are no lawful immigrants who are going to be deported for anything. It's just the illegal ones
2: i tell you, having spent some time here now, I know I need to listen a lot more. No. it's a fantastic it? show. Well, and tell oh, wow. all your friends. <laughs> I, believe, I don't need to tell them. They've all been hitting me up on social media going, hey, we know you and you're on our favorite show. And with that, I'm Ryan Harris on the Armstrong and Getty Show, the Voice of the West.
1: Thank you, Ryan. When's Marshall coming back, by the way? Not that we're in a hurry for him, Ryan. We're tentatively yeah, not Wednesday. Soon enough for you guys. I just right? wondered if he was, his health is, basically. Well, we've beaten him
0: down, so he's you know he doesn't resist anymore. Um, we, I haven't heard any update to the
1: schedule. Still Wednesday? That's yeah. That As last mm-hmm. I heard, was Wednesday. From his he hernia surgery. Yes. Spent the week up and all hopped up on uh, opioids and Chardonnay.
0: As did my daughter Kate. She got her wisdom teeth teeth removed, and they just automatically gave her OxyContin. Of course. And she, you know, she, they, the doctor gave it to her, so she's been Don't taking it. And, and now it's like not sure about how to taper it off and the rest of it because they just hand it out like pez and uh, you know i god dang it i'm kicking myself for not doing a better job of teaching her about that sort of thing but you i mean you don't think of that as you're teaching your, you're raising your kids oh i probably ought to get a hold of the if an oral surgeon gives her oxycontin thing it just didn't right. come up and,
1: I uh, got some good texts. Our text line is four one five two nine 295 kftc The petering out coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. California that's a bad look to have the New York Times writing a lengthy article about how sexual harassment is okay in the state capital of California runs rampant so you you know I'm
0: seriously I'm going to look to my progressive friends here and ask you this now you, you're always you, you want the government to build you a utopia that's probably not the way you would phrase it i think you put way too much trust in government go, government programs etc here's the process if you are sexually harassed, abused, etc. in the government. The government's own process for itself. Well, here's a problem. It's secret. You don't get to hear what they do in the government if a woman is harassed. They keep it secret. Isn't that all you need to know? The government has passed laws making itself less transparent than your life. You as a private citizen in private business or whatever you do. Now, if you're harassed, you're a victim within government, it's a, a difficult, complex system where you are treated as the bad person. You're drummed out and nobody gets to say nothing because it's all in secret. Keep building your utopia through the
1: government. Good luck. A couple of texts we got on the text line about different things. Best joke I read on Twitter last night. If you're a neighbor of General Flynn, a good joke would be to head over to his house at 6 a.m. and bang on his door real loud. <laughs> <laughs> he knows that's coming, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. That's one uh, another thing Chris Christie said. I
0: think he probably has a change of undies and a clean t-shirt and a bag ready to take it to the
1: who's gal. Another thing Chris Christie said was uh, they were speculating yesterday whether it's Manafort or Flynn. He said these people aren't going to be surprised by this. This is this is not going to shock them Oh who me
0: right right They know what's coming. I'm telling you by the time Mueller's all done there is going to be plenty of tar on plenty of people both sides of the aisle. Read this town by Mark Leibovich, where he talks about the big heavyweight lobbyists and, and movers and shakers on the Democrat and Republican sides. they laugh. They party with each other. They drink. Their kids go to the same schools. They laugh at the idea that you think they're patriots opposing each other. They're laughing at you.
1: And this text, as I mentioned, one of my kids would stick his hand in the pumpkin for the jack o' lantern to pull the stuff out, but the other one thought it was too gross. And uh, we got this text I'm 31, a combat vet. <laughs> I'm 31, a combat vet. And I have my mom scoop out the pumpkin every time.
0: <laughs> it is pretty gross. Here's what you got to do it's next year. It's weirdly
1: cold,
0: too. All right. Here's what you do. You put a box around an open pumpkin and label it human brains and have your kids reach in there. It's a good one. It's a classic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or, or worm guts or whatever you want to
1: label it. I'll tell you what, though. They got the they got the different size pumpkins there at the pumpkin patch, right? And my sure. kids wanted really big ones. I thought, oh, okay, hey, we'll do that. I always wanted a really big one, too. And I sure. never had a really giant one. Got the giant ones? How are you freaking supposed to lift those things? <laughs> I killed myself yesterday. I actually thought I was going down once. Leaning up against the house. Gah, gah, gah Trying to carry the jack-o'-lantern into the house. Do you have an estimation on the, the weight or the uh, diameter of, of said large pumpkin? <laughs> Yeah, help us imagine. Paint a picture. Uh, it was heavier than the kids. Either it one it like of the kids, definitely. beach ball definitely. size? Are you like hugging it like a beach ball as oh, you're bigger walking? Than your, your arm, so how big is that? What you're doing right there is about the right size. Oh, seriously? Oh, yeah, very it's large pumpkin. Like, holy crap. I could barely get it off the ground. And I mean, it was a t- tremendous amount of effort uh, to get uh, it in the house. Sean
0: is uh, pantomiming like hugging a wine barrel. Yeah, it's like bigger than <laughs> yeah. a beer keg. I think wine oh, barrels yeah. probably o- good. O- o- wow. They're large. Well, that's amazing. Well, do you see those young ne'er-do-wells hanging out by the gate? See, you're a new parent. I could have taught you this. They're pumpkin boys. Pumpkin boy, pumpkin boy, come move my pumpkin, pumpkin boy.
1: Yeah, got to get smaller pumpkins next time. They look wow. cool as jack-o'-lanterns in the house. How much ten. too heavy to lift? How much goop was inside that thing? A lot. Did you have to use like an actual yard shovel? Because I would always <laughs> just use like kitchen spoons or yeah. ladles and yeah, stuff. It was, it was a lot. I had to finish the job. Yeah, one of your children tied a rope around his waist, rappelled him down <laughs> into it. <laughs> <laughs> twice when you need to come back up. It's cold down here, daddy, daddy, daddy. daddy. You're not coming out until you
3: get the stuff out of there.
0: (laughs) Nice. Any fresh made pumpkin pie? I don't know if
1: we're going to do that or not. My wife will probably make a pie.
0: Oh, man. I want some (laughs) pie right now. Never been a moment I've lived. I didn't want some pie.
1: They got the. Well, I'll, I'll save this for my final thought.
0: Set maybe like 10 minutes after I've had two slices of other pie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 10 minutes later, I want some pie. Here's our announcer. And now, final thoughts from Armstrong and Getty. I like it. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Positive, Sean. Final thought?
1: Yeah, I was hanging around my apartment this last weekend, started staring at my coin jar. I was like, you know what? This is this is getting to be about the time where it's, uh, let's see how much money I got. We got $100 in coins. I love that stuff. Very exciting. Found money. Wow, terrific. Uh, You know, I've got a jug myself. I wonder how much is in there.
3: Michelangelo, final thought? Uh, Yeah, in order to get first crack at the candy, take your littlest kids trick-or-treating this afternoon. Just walk (laughs) into your neighbor's backyard, tap on the kitchen window, and yell, (laughs)
0: trick-or-treat. Neighbors will think it's cute. Fantastic. Uh, Ryan, do you have a
2: uh, final note for us, final thought? I do. uh, I once cracked a phone screen carrying a jack-o'-lantern up three flights of stairs. I can see that. (laughs) Wow. They're heavy. You put enough weight on them, mm. they will press enough and they crack the phone screen. Right. That was an expensive pumpkin. Jack, your final thought.
1: Yeah, I was uh, wondering at the pumpkin patch, I wonder this every year, you got your orange pumpkins, you got your white pumpkins, and then they got these like disfigured pumpkins that look like something have gone wrong. Like they got uh, warts or something all over a funky them. funky pumpkin. Who gets those pumpkins? Does anybody want those? Witches. My kids recoil in horror from them.
0: Yeah, witches use those for their spells. Ah, witches. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate to not end on that funny, funny note, but I'm telling you. All ye who obsess with the R versus D thing. The great animating contest of our time is not R versus D, it's P versus G. It's people versus the giant greedy colossus of government. It's about liberty, my friends. And pumpkins for the next couple of days.
1: And World Series.
0: I'm going to put Candy the Skeleton up above our front door. I haven't decided how to oppose him yet. But uh, it'll be macabre, I promise you that.
1: <laughs> macabre. I am loving the World Series. I'm going to be sad when it's over at this point. I'm just, every night, I'm just loving it. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I don't know if I need five hour games. Oh, Lord, please. You face, like juice no. baseballs,
0: do you? I do. A couple of my buddies thought it was odd that I have a skeleton who is a male named Candy.
1: <laughs> you named your
0: skeleton? Well, my
1: daughters did. Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: and they decided he was a he and his name was Candy. They, some of my friends wondered whether he was indeed maybe a former friend of mine. Oh, gotcha, I see. Or or lover.
1: <laughs> I see where the jokes are going. I'm
0: trying to figure out how to phrase it so that it's not so incredibly dark we have to go to a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I didn't kill my former lover, Candy.
1: We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America.
0: This is... Uh
3: And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done.
0: Thank you and good night. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.